The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Welcome back, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great week. It's me, Austin Rivers, here with my guy, Pasha Hagigi, the co-host, and we are off guard. Hope everybody's having a really good week, man. We got a lot to tap into. A lot has been going on around the league. And uh, Pasha, what do you want to dive into first, man? I'm actually curious. First of all, I got to address a little something. It wouldn't be right uh, unless I talked about this. I'm a little mad at you right now. You go to LA, you don't call, you don't text. I know you're busy with ESPN. But can you can you admit that you put our friendship to the backseat a little bit during your trip? <laughs> oh God, you you and everybody else. I, I feel, I've gotten that from like four different people right now. Like, what are you doing? Oh, you don't want to hit nobody up since you're in LA. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? Is I actually been under the weather since I've been out here the whole time. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice a little bit. Yeah, you do sound so, a little raspy. Yeah, I just been um, I really been just and I've been at ESPN for like six seven hours a day. So it's just been like. After that, I'll like just come back here and sleep. I haven't even worked out, which I was supposed to. I brought out workout gear. I brought out my basketball just to, you know, stay working out. And I had to take like three, four days off just to rest in bed. I have not been feeling my best, brother. That's that's a that's a typical vacation thing, though. You bring the workout clothes and you don't use them. And that's a lot of people on vacation. And then I had even a, though you're I had working. A, I had a crazy flight on the way out here. I had an allergic reaction to something on the flight on the way out here. And the steward, like the flight attendants had to like call over the PA system to the whole plane. It was really embarrassing for me because I've never been in a situation like that. I was like that person on the plane. Yeah, what happened? Um, I, I took some medicine and I think I was allergic to something in the medicine and they ended up having to like find someone in the plane who had Benadryl and uh, all something else and I had to take it and call me down and I was like, bro, it was terrible. My like eyes got swollen and my nose got swollen and my lungs started to get swollen and I'm in the middle of a plane on the way over to LA. There's like four hours left on the flight. So I'm just like, this is the worst place for this to be happening. Yeah. So now like my, now my anxiety and my panic attacks, like I'm like starting to like freak out. Um, I'm picturing luckily, you like, the, like on Will Smith on Hitch with like allergic, like a swollen face, allergic reaction. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but I have, it was, I have to be on TV tomorrow. Like, what were, you saying? were you panicking? Uh, I knew once I took the Benadryl, once they found out someone had a Benadryl, I was like, I'll be fine. So I took the Benadryl, I just relaxed, and I just sat there in the corner and I slept because Benadryl makes you tired. It was nice. You know, just a typical five-hour flight to LA. Um, but yeah, so it's been a little weird out here. It's not your typical LA run where like I'm out here moving and grooving and having a good time with the homies. Like I went to like one little dinner, which I didn't even eat because I didn't feel well. So it's just been, it's been a grind, man. Like I got to work right after this. Well, you look good on TV, even though you're not feeling well. I was checking you out on ESPN. Yeah, you did a really good job. I still think you're saving the good stuff for here. You know, you're playing it safe on TV, which I like. I have played it safe on TV. I haven't really been. You know what, man? What I've realized, though, is like, you got to be careful on TV just because it is so like, it's so now in front of everybody that if you say like anything, it's not like one of those things that might slip through the cracks. Like we talk so much on a pod. Some things hit, some things don't. It all hits on ESPN and everything is. If you say one thing, they will be like, oh, we're using that. That's great, Austin. That, that'll that do well. That's because, you know, like, like they're supposed to do. So I don't hold back. I just make sure I'm just like, you know, you know, I, I, I recently, I'm not going to say his name, but I recently ran into an NBA player. We both know him, by the way. Um, and uh, he was like, hey, man, I want to let you know you're doing a great job on TV. 
And he's like, do you know what my favorite thing about you is? And I was like, no, what? He goes, you don't do what everybody else does. It's like, once they stop playing, he goes, and I know you're still trying to play or you're probably still play somewhere in you know, a month or two. But he was like, you don't trash guys. You just like, you have an opinion and it might not even be an opinion that a player wants to hear, but you do it in a way where like, it doesn't come off disrespectful. And he goes, there's like that balance because anybody can go on TV and just start talking shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, well, I think I think that's I think that's a testament to there's two ways they handle things, right? Like you've been spoken, you know, rudely about in your career, right? Everyone has with social media and everything like that. So some people take that when they get the opportunity, they talk trash, right, to the next generation or whatever. But you probably are like, nah, I know what that's like, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you know what, man? Like you run into these guys that do talk about you, and they have to like approach you with this weird energy. Like, hey, man, you know, I'm just like, I never want to be in that position, bro. Like, hey, man, it's all yeah. good, man. You know, I'm just on TV, bro. You know, I'm a big fan, big fan. Of, oh, really? Say that out loud. Why don't you? Why don't you say that on TV? Yeah. You want to talk to me in, in quiet? I can't tell you how many guys I've run into. Uh, even in my short stay with ESPN so far, I run into a couple people who have been like, "Hey, man, you know, I've always been a fan of the years. You know, I just got to get on here and you know, we gotta you, we gotta talk and say stuff." I'm just like, "No, you don't." You just, yeah. you don't have it. You know what I mean? Like you just didn't have anything to go off of. So that's the only thing you can make your name off of. I don't ever want to be that guy where I'm talking shit about players. I will be opinionated and I'll give you my truths, but like there's a difference between that and being messy. I'm not going to discredit or call. Like it's anytime, it's really just to keep it simple. It's when anybody says a player sucks or that guy stinks. It's like, bro, you know what I mean? He plays in the NBA. He doesn't sink. You know, he might not be playing well. There's like so many different ways you could say it. You could say, hey man, right now, you know, I just don't feel like he's performing at his highest. You know, he's kind of struggling a little bit. You know, he's a good player. He's just got to find his groove. I just said in that same thing that he's not playing well and he needs to find his groove, but he's a good player. So like, I said the same thing instead of a guy being like, oh, that guy sucks. Like that is disrespectful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So since we last spoke, Draymond Green's gotten into an argument with Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards, and then <sighs> Novak Chokovic choked out <laughs> your boy Rudy Gobert. What are your thoughts on that? Five game suspension. Is that fair? Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, it's fair just due to his history. You know, I mean, you have to take that into an event, into an account. Um, you know, it's interesting with Draymond, man. It's because it's like off the court, he's a pretty solid, mild mannered dude. You know, he's one of those guys, and there's a lot of guys like that when they get in those lines that switch kind of flips. Um, you know, and, you know, he is the enforcer. You know, the antagonist kind of on the Warriors, that's kind of part of his job. It, it isn't his main job, but it is a small part where, you know, I've seen it firsthand. You know, he can talk a guy out of his game. I've actually had instances with Draymond, plenty, where me and him have been going back and forth, and I get so caught up in, you know, talking shit to him and being mad to him that I. this is early on when I was a little bit younger. Did, did he ever apologize for on that pump fake jumping and like kicking you and tackling you no that? no no that was a dirty play where you like yeah. fucking need me in my stomach yeah it was bullshit yeah. but you know i mean like i don't i, don't, I didn't exp that's just like bro there's guys like that man you know what i mean we're dealing with this right now that fucking hockey guy you know what i mean like he's getting uh taken away from murder because he has a history of being dirty and it was an unnatural play for that guy's skate to be lifted in the air and cut that that poor man's neck. May he rest in peace. Uh, that was an awful thing to watch. Obviously, Draymond's not doing anything like that. He's playing basketball. Right. Um, there's there's no blades or anything like that involved. But you know, Draymond can do stuff that like crosses the line. This guy had Rudy Gobert in a fucking chokehold, bro. And he's like squeezing. You can see in his face. You never know what you could do to someone's neck, fam. And more importantly, you saw Rudy like with his hands up. Like, what is what is he doing? Rudy didn't even try to fight or put his hands like this to pull away. The whole time, Rudy had his arms up in the air, like, what is going on? Right. And he, like, did it for 10, 12 seconds. So I think that's why he got the five games. Uh, I don't think Draymond's a bad dude. Um, I do think Draymond sometimes can let the emotions get the best of him sometimes, and he just goes a little too far. I don't mind the trash talk. That's part of who he is. Like, the other day when he got into it with Ant, like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I don't mind that, man. Like, he plays the bully role well. Um, he can get guys out of their game and get guys out of their rhythm. I've seen it before, like I said. I don't have an issue with any of those things. There's a lot of players who do that. Um, I'm not one of those dudes that's going to call him a fake tough guy, this, this, or that. I came in the same draft class as Draymond. I've known Draymond. I'm playing against Draymond in college. You know what I mean? So, like, I know who he is. You know, I know who he's not. Um, so I know that, that 
part of him. It's just part of his game. It doesn't actually represent the. And one was, one could even argue that that's why he's so good at basketball and has a Hall of Fame career because he's so competitive, and that's part of it. Without that, you don't get you know to see him at his full at his full powers, right? No, yeah, that that's that's definitely it. Or or um or him being drafted to the most perfect situation for him to thrive with the best shooters around him in the history of the game. One of those might be the reason of why he's... <laughs> let's, he's call it, uh, let's call it, let's call it yeah, the perfect storm. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, he's got the perfect storm of all of them. So, you know, but you got to give him credit. Draymond has. He has a Hall of Fame career, and that's what he will be when it's all said and done. Um, what do you think he, about the Warriors, Warriors fans that say that Rudy was going in there with ill intent, or do you think he was actually uh, trying to play uh, peacemaker? That's, just, that's fucking silly talk, man. I know for a fact he wasn't going in there with ill intent because I know Rudy. Those fans don't know him. I do. And people saying that he had his arm around his neck, he didn't. For a quick second, it might have looked like it when he was putting his arm like this, but it was never tight around his neck. It was a, There was a, a foot gap in between the neck and the corner of his elbow. He was clearly trying to grab him to get him off of clay and, and just get to keep the game going. What has Rudy ever wanted? I mean, there's been a couple instances, but like that was not even, it wasn't even involving him. So that's how you know Rudy wasn't trying to do anything. It was involving two other players. Um, point being is, you know, Draymond escalated everything instead of, you know, diffusing the situation. And that's ultimately why he got suspended. The fight started with Clay and Jaden, and within five seconds, that was off the camera and was something else. So he only incited and made it worse. That's why he got five games. And then you look, okay, well, did he mean to? Was he just trying to... Then you look at his history... And they have actual mixes and montages put together. Four, five, six-minute videos of this guy through his career just making dirty plays. Uh, I, and I, like I just told you, I was one of them. You know what I mean? Like this guy went on a closeout and stuck his knee out and it could have broke my ribs, bro. Do you know what I mean? Coming full speed yeah. charging me. You know what I mean? Luckily, nothing like that happened. But I remember I was fucked up for a little while and I had like bruising for like four to six weeks all around my rib cage. So it's just like, you know, that's just... You know, it, I don't know how else to explain that. You know what I mean? It's just one of those situations where, like I said, Draymond goes into something and he can kind of get a little too carried away. And then, like, he just goes too far and then he ends up becoming a problem instead of a solution. You know what I mean? And, and, the, and the thing is, like you just touched on, he does have a Hall of Fame career. And I can say that, listen, he got drafted to the perfect situation because he did. And he does play the best shooters in the history of the game because he did. But there's a lot of guys that you could put in Draymond's shoes and they wouldn't have done the things he does. He he is a natural fit with them. It's like one of those things that just happens. Like Rodman and Pippen, they just fit with Michael, right? Well, essentially, you know, you have the Clays, the the, the KDs, this, this, and that. Um, but Draymond, you know, he does fit there better than anybody else, man. He knows that system. He has a knack for knowing how to get Steph that ball. Uh, and Steph and Clay aren't who they are without him. They're good without him. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. But uh, Dre's an essential piece of that team's success, and I don't think they have any of those championships without Draymond. So I don't know how many players can say that, and that's what's made him Hall of Fame. So it sucks now that he's off the floor for five games when this team is already kind of struggling in a loaded and, Western Conference where five loaded, games is super important. Yeah, five games is super important, and you got other teams finding their stride now. You know, the Kings, these other teams that kind of started out slow, are starting to get going. Uh, the Suns are about to get everybody back. They won again last night. All these teams are now kicking into high gear. You just don't want to play pickup again and catch up again. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, that's why I think he goes too far. Because, like, bro, now you're out five games, man. You know what I mean? Like, for what? You know what I mean? For what? Yeah. I mean, he clearly, so, they've had some kind of a history with, you know, beef and this and that. Both former defensive players of the year. So... There might have been something brewing, but yeah. Well, hopefully the yeah, Warriors could have been, there, there, there might have <laughs> Draymond might have been looking for an opportunity just to choke that dude out. You know what I mean? He's probably him and him and uh, Rudy have always had little comments to say about each other here and there. So that might have been you know the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of things, the Timberwolves. Yeah, they lost last night to the Suns uh, on a back to back, an emotional back to back. Obviously, given what took place, the Timberwolves seem like. If you were to rank right now top five teams in the NBA, I think you'd have to put them in the top five. I mean, you definitely would because you've been riding the Timberwolves wave 
Since isn't, the it funny how I, isn't it funny how I call this before the season started and now everyone's like hopping on this Timberwolves wave. Everybody's like, Timberwolves are business. They're, they're serious. Da, 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 da. I'm like, bro, I told y'all before the season started that yeah. the Timberwolves are going to be a top tier team, not only in the Western Conference, but in the NBA this year. They are fucking loaded with talent. They're loaded with talent. And their most talented player is a superstar. Yes, I said that. Anthony Edwards will be an MVP-like player and will be somebody that's probably going to run in the race for the MVP, whether it's this season or the following seasons. He absolutely will be. And I think he will assert, I think he will assert himself as the clear-cut best shooting guard within the bet next. And I say shooting guard, I mean two and three. Wing, okay? Wing player. He will be the All best right. two, three player in the NBA within the next two years. Yes, I do believe that. No, 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 no. This year or next year, I believe that, actually. So Tim McMahon from ESPN actually said that scouts have been comparing him to some kind of the second coming of Michael Jordan and taking the best two-way player thrown from Giannis. They're talking really highly of him, and I feel like you've been doing the same since you got to play with him. Michael Jordan's a little nutty. I don't even like to throw that name out there because it's just so yeah. silly. You know what I mean? It's like compare him to the greatest ever. Like, why can't we ever compare him to like Dwayne Wade? I know their games are different, but Dwayne Wade was a two-time or a two-way player. Uh, he's one of like the all-time leaders in guards, I think, in block shots. Uh, one of them. Uh, was a guy that you know made an impact on on both sides of the floor. That's what I see in in, in Anthony Edwards. Obviously, Anthony Edwards' game is more jump shot oriented in terms of his ability to be able to shoot from three. Dwayne Wade is more of an inside out mid range guy. Uh, but the body, the physicality, the strength, the explosiveness, and their like you said, playing on both sides of the floor. That's somebody I see when I see him. Um, you know, so. Uh, yeah, he has that ability, man. He is playing on both sides of the floor. That's why they are the number one defense in the league is because you have your best player doing it. Uh, Carl is playing defense. Um, Rudy Gobert, obviously. We could talk all the jokes. People say all this stuff about Rudy. Rudy's been an anchor for them this year and actually has played his ass off for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. You know what I mean? Rudy's had a really good year. So, And then you got Jaden McDaniels, Jaden Seatbelt McDaniels. They got a bunch of guys who can lock up and defend and they're versatile at a lot of different positions, man. And Nas Reed, good score. Uh, the list goes on. Mike Conley, solid point guard. Kyle Anderson, a very, very sound, savvy, uh, high IQ player. Like, bro, they uh, Nikhil Alexander, another defender who's, who can hit the three when he's open. They have talent around them. That's, that's about it. That's their team right there. They're about seven, they're about seven, eight deep. Um, and they're pretty good with that. You know, a thought came to me the other day. People were arguing on TV. I forgot what network it was on. They were talking about who has a better starting lineup, the Nuggets or the Celtics. You know who might be third is the Timberwolves. The way that lineup is yeah, put together, those are five really good players. And no one talks about, obviously, Mike Connolly and everything like that. But The reason they're not brought up is because last year, the experiment between the two bigs was so bad that that still has a bad taste in people's mouth. Uh, whereas but it's this working, year, it's, actually, it's, it's, th yeah, it's thriving. They're, they're playing their ass off. And what people don't understand is last year, those guys barely got to play with each other. Carl was hurt majority of the year. They also didn't get any reps, any chemistry. There was no flow. And then Carl like, came back a couple games for the playoffs and we like winged it. We went into the playoffs with no Jaden McDaniels. They went into the playoffs with no Nas Reed. You know what I mean? So like now they got their full team and they're loaded and they're healthy and they've had a whole training camp together and everybody's on the same page and excited and rejuvenated and Carl trade talks happened all summer and Rudy trade talks. Happened. These guys coming into camp like a chip on their shoulder, man. Two years in a row losing first round in the playoffs. Like, that's not enough for Ant. That's not enough for these other guys. Ant wants, I'm telling you right now, he's one of the most competitive players I've ever been around. That dude wants more. And I know, you know, as you know, to be an MVP, man, like to be like those guys, those guys go to conference finals. Those guys go to championships. You know what I mean? So first round exits ain't going to do it. And he knows that. And it just looks like their team has a purpose right now. Um, so it is exciting to see them uh, flourish uh, like I knew they would. Let's stay in the Western Conference. Since the last time we spoke, a lot of things have changed. One thing that hasn't changed is the Clippers still haven't won a game with James Harden. I know, listen, they're playing the Nuggets. It was without Jamal Murray. It's a tough one in Denver, of course. But They played well, though. Yeah, what do you think about James saying that he needs to play himself into shape? And I was going to ask you, I know a lot of guys would say, he had all you know summer. He had all off season to play himself into shape. What's he been doing? Game shape is different, and I want you to kind of talk about that. Game shape is different. Uh, although six games is is a lot of games. You know what I mean? I'm training right now. Still, it would not take me six games to get in shape. But our bodies are different. James is heavier than me. He's a heavier set guy, 
And he's a guy that can fluctuate in weight very easily up and down. So that seems probably correct for him. He probably needs, you know, five to 10 games to to get really in his full shape. Uh, He looked better last game. He looks like he's getting more and more comfortable each game. It looks like he's getting better each game. Um, So, yeah, you know, I... It looks about right for me. You know what I mean? Uh, seems about you're, right. You're they'll they'll figure it out, man. They'll be better. I just don't think they're... I, I personally don't think that team works as a whole. I don't think they're going to do anything in terms of like making a deep, deep run in the playoffs. I just don't see that team working Yeah. Um, from the standpoint of all those guys needing the ball. And it's not even that they can't play without the ball because I don't like to say any of those guys can't do anything because they're so good at basketball. You know what I mean? It's more so just like their games don't really complement each other. Um, That's more so what it's about. And, you know, it's just weird. They got a weird dynamic because they have all these guys there now. It's like you don't even see some of these other guys anymore like Bones Highland who actually had like a nice little start to the season and was having like some good solid play off the bench, a good little young score. Like that's like non-existent now. Which kind of like sucks just because he's a young, talented player who can actually be one of those guys. Like, I think Bones Highland can make like, you know, 10 to $15 million a year and be a guy that you pay to come off the bench and just score. And hey, if yeah. he's not scoring that night and he has an off night, you take him out of the game. You know, I see the Malik Monks, I see Jordan Clarkson, all those guys got paid the same thing. If they're playing yeah. well, you play them. If you don't, you sit them down. But most Cole, of the time. Cole Anthony just got to deal with the magic doing something similar. Yeah. Sim- similar deal. It makes around $11 million a year, $11, $12 million yeah. a year. That guy goes out there and scores every night. I'm telling you, Bones Highland can do the same exact thing. Uh, it's just that he's not getting really the opportunity right now. And, um, you know, that kind of sucks. It's his second place, too. So uh, you just hope that he's able to get some minutes there and show his abilities. Uh, the best way he'd be able to do that is be more catch-and-shoot-like oriented. That's what Norman Powell's been able to do since those guys have come there. Norman Powell is doing a great job of spotting up and shooting threes just because, you know what I mean, that's that's... He knows if he's going to play on the floor with those guys, someone's got to be spacing the floor. That's my main issue with them is their spacing is disgusting. It's bad. And they have sure. zero bigs. I know they're about to sign Daniel Tice, which will help. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, with, with Jokic backing down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard at the end of that game, and then they just immediately go get Daniel Tice. I feel like, I mean, listen, that's some Mason Plumley insurance. That's something. Um, but why isn't, why isn't Big Zubek, why isn't he finishing games? I don't know what that was. You know, I mean, I small ball only works if you're playing against centers who don't have an offensive package. So yeah. it only works for a guy that you know. For instance, like small ball can work with like say like a Rudy Gobert or uh, a Clint Capella or or any big in the league. You know, any big in the league other than Joel and Jokic, you could play small ball essentially. But if it's anybody or like Sangoon or something like that, somebody who has like some really like talented scoring ability off the post. That shit don't work because now Small's guarding Jokic. He's going to back down. He has the game to go score and make plays and he can pass. It's the last dude you want to do small ball versus is Jokic. So I don't know why he didn't finish that game. That was definitely a, a mistake. But again, I don't know if that's, you know, influence from players or if that's a coach's decision or this, this, and that. Obviously, them trying to go get Daniel Tice tells you they're not trying to do small ball going forward. Um, and in the Western Conference, if you're going to try to go through Denver, you can't do that. So. Um, that's not even an issue, I don't think, for the future. You won't see a lot of that. Staying in the Western Conference, I have to apologize to you, man. You told me that your surprise pick this year to make the playoffs, or at least to play in, was the Houston Rockets. They got smacked by 30 to my Orlando Magic opening night. And they're on a six-game winning streak, and they're a really fun team to watch right now. I didn't. I, I was off Jalen Green. I really was. I just didn't think he was a winning player. I feel like Ime's maybe gotten to him. Um, He's just, I like the way he's playing. Obviously, Shangun, I think, is their most important player. But are, you're not surprised at all, obviously, by the Rockets, right? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, Ime's a good coach. So you now put a top-tier coach in that. I mean, we talked about it the other day when they played the Lakers. This guy pulls Jalen Green aside and says, yo, you know Austin Reeves? That guy made the, the real USA team. You're on the select team. It's like that little type of mind games that like the really good coaches do to motivate their guys. Um so you add a new coach, and then you add vets who know how to play, who can help these young guys play. So now you got Fred Van Fleet running the ball instead of Kevin Porter Jr. You have uh, Jeff Green in there, who just won a championship with the Nuggets, man. Fresh off a championship run, you throw him in there. You got Dylan Brooks, and I know Dylan Brooks comes with all the fucking, you know, circus of this, this, and that. But if you get really down to, like, the nuts and bolts of the game, he knows how to play. He plays very hard. He competes. And more importantly, he plays on both sides of the ball. He defends, bro. 
He takes defense actual personal. So like when you see a vet or a guy like that do it, Jalen Green's now looking to his left and right like, shit, I got to do it. And you got Ime, you know, down your neck saying, yo, you got to defend. You got to do this. You got to do that. Jalen Green's now playing good basketball and right basketball. So now his talent that we've never questioned and his skill that we've never questioned, now that's starting to match the things that we wanted him to do because you got that coach in there and you got vets in there. Uh, and it's a contract year, bro. Like Jalen can get extended. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like Jalen's, you could already see he's bought in. And Jabari, all these guys. So, and then obviously you got Sangoon down there. They got a talented big that people always forget about. So like, they got a solid team, man. They really do. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think they will be a play-in team. I do. But they're off to a great start, which helps. You know what I mean? Because these other good teams who haven't played well yet, it's like by game 30 or 40, that rhythm is there. And then it starts getting a little different. So um, it's good to see, though. It's good to see Houston hooping, man. It's good for the city. How much of the credit do you think Ime gets? You think he's a, a big part of it? Yeah. I'm like, bro, they make a play-in. He gets coach of the year. It's not even, not even a question. Him or Nick Nurse are the two guys that are probably up for coach of the year already. I know it's very, very early, but they're like yeah. the two favorites right now. All right, well, you just brought up the Sixers, so let's talk about them. Uh, they lost two straight games after going on a big uh, winning streak since the beginning of the year. Do you take them seriously as a as an Easter Conference contender? No, no, no. They, they're, think, they're not a contender. Do you think they but need a third they star? Are, yes, they do. But they are a really good team. They are a good team, and they are a team that could make a playoff series very difficult for the Celtics or um, uh, Milwaukee, who hasn't looked great so far. Um, but they are a good team. They, they could make it very, very difficult for both teams because um, they're talented and they have the MVP on their team. You know what I mean? They have fucking Joel Embiid. And then you got a guy named Tyrese Maxey who's exploding right now. So yeah. you have those two. Uh, but, you know, they they do need perimeter defense. Um, Philly does. Think about this, man. Last last night, first off, uh, Tyrese Halliburton absolutely put on a show. He had like 33 and 15 or some, something nutty like that. This guy's doing hook shots over Joel Embiid. It was insane. Um, the Sixers had four guys with 22 or more points, I think. It was like, Dan, D'Anthony Melton had 30. Tyrese Maxey had like 27. Uh, Joel Embiid had 20-something. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris had 22. That's a game you win, bro. Yeah. That, that You don't lose that game, let alone get, you know you know what I mean? Like, that, that that's all defense right there. So, you know, they do need, I think, a, a little bit perimeter defense. But do I think they're a contender or a team that can come out of the East and go to the finals? No, I don't. I don't think they beat Boston and I don't think they beat Milwaukee when Milwaukee gets it going and finds the rhythm. But I do think they're a really good team and they've surprised people to where they're like, yo, we're not some like rebuild mode over here. We got a good team. We are only a player away. So I think that's the good job that Philly's done. And I think if anything, it's very important because now Joel Embiid might see this as a team where he could stay long-term. Yeah, well, my biggest thing for them is the whole adding a third star thing. We, we, you just had James Harden and you saw that Maxie is so much better without him, right? So you got to be really careful about who you bring in. You know, Maxie and Embiid are the highest scoring duo in the NBA right now. So I would like to see them. We brought up Draymond earlier. Someone that's like that kind of a player, a glue guy, that's like a great or kind a of a role player. Yeah, yeah. Just someone that's not going to take away from what Maxie's doing because your, your brother actually was his player development guy since his rookie year when he was with Philly. And he told me from the get-go, this guy's work ethic is insane. Like, on the offseason, he doesn't know what to do with himself besides workout. Like, you know, he doesn't know how to yeah. take vacation. And he, he told me all along, so I shouldn't be surprised of how good he is right now. He's just, he's a star. And yeah, I think no, you my, want to think, bring in a yeah. piece that's complimentary, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they, it would have to be a player that's like a shoot-first, low-dribble type guy, but an elite one. I'm not saying, like, Buddy Heald or maybe like a, you know, a Zach, a Zach Levine. You know, because Zach Levine's a guy who, when he catches, he's shooting, but he doesn't do a lot of dribbles. It would still be what's it called? It would still be Tyrese's show. That'd be actually a solid player. You know, I don't know if they have trade assets, if that's even possible, but they do actually have Tobias uh, and a couple other guys. Like Zach could be a guy. You know what I mean? Um, the problem with Zach's got to prove that he could play elite defense, and he's got to do more than just scoring. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, but uh, if he can do that, which he should, especially with his athletic ability, that could be a that could be a pretty pretty good dip. Well, Zach's in all the trade rumors right now. What's I mean, what's that like when you're around a team that's going through these rumors and stuff? It has to affect the way you guys are kind of moving in and out of the locker room, affects the play. Yeah, I mean, they they know anytime the media is covering your team about blowing it up and which pieces to move what, 
And then there's reports about the Bulls reaching out about multiple players. Obviously, everybody in the locker room is like, all right, this is a wrap. I mean, this is a team that after the first game of the year, they had a team only, players only meeting. Um, you know what I mean? So it just, it hasn't worked. Uh, they have been stuck in this kind of middle land where they're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to get like, they're not, you know, the worst team in the league. So they're not getting lottery picks because they do have like talented players like a DeRozan or a Levine there carrying them just, just far enough. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and I, I feel terrible for this guy. The injury to Lonzo Ball really set them back, the, the, whole, the whole franchise, which goes to show, A, Lonzo was a lot better than what people gave him credit for. Um, that guy he, made the, he made their the, pieces work. He made their pieces make sense. He, I always say that. He was the engine that made that you know, team run. He, he was the engine. And um, with him not there, they've tried to replace him with various guards, and they're just not even near him. And what the things that he can do are just not natural in terms of his speed, his passing ability, his tempo, pass first, uh, his defense ability. When it was like him and Caruso out there, and then you had Levine and DeRozan scoring, they were actually a pretty damn good team. Um, but with Lonzo not there, it just changes everything. Um, and with no foreseeable future of when his timeline is, you know, when he's going to come back, it's just time to call this. And, you know, the good news is if you're a Chicago fan, it's like, Yo, your team is a huge market. It's in a beautiful city, and it's a historic franchise. So your rebuild won't take long if it's done right. If it's done right, it won't take long. Right. Um, you're not a low budget team, small market that nobody wants to go to, and it's going to be hard. And like you know, this, this, and that. It's going to take years and years and years to rebuild, and it's going to take the likes of like a Sam Presti or Bob Myers to rebuild it. I, I don't think that's the case. But the Chicago Bulls should be able to get this done within the next like four to five years. They, you put pieces together. You know, the Magic were just in the same situation. We've talked about this. Yeah. The Magic were in like that midland. They remember they had the, 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 Vujicic was actually on that team, Fournier, uh, 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 DJ Augustine. You remember that team they had? Like, of course. They were just good enough to make like the first round of the playoffs and then they lose. But the, now they're not going anywhere, but they're also not getting any picks. So they stayed at this mid-tier for like multiple, multiple years. They finally just called it and it's like, yo, we're just going to blow it up and just be bad for a couple years, get some picks and rebuild the right way. And now they have like this young, talented team that's like kind of headed the right way. So it's like, well, that's, it wasn't that's even, what it takes they, they weren't even right. bad. They weren't even bad for that long. You know, they, they got Franz and Suggs and then they got Paolo. And yeah, that's only been it's only a couple team. years. I yeah. mean, you could look at a team like the Utah Jazz. You know, they got rid of, you know, Ingles and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and people like their pieces now. And people are like, you know what? Yeah. They're doing the right thing and they're collecting picks. So it could happen a lot easier. A lot of teams have shown the blueprint for that. So yeah, you're right. If you're a Chicago Bulls fan, I wouldn't be too upset because what was your ceiling no, no. anyways? A re a re yeah, a rebuild should be exciting. You should probably, if, if you're a Chicago Bulls fan, he hearing the word rebuild, you should be excited. You'd be like, oh my God, you know, our, this market, the, the, the Chicago, historic Chicago Bulls, we're getting now do a full reset. You, you know, the problem is you start looking at draft talent. Is there anybody generational? The only names that like are being pulled up right now, you got like Cooper Flag and a couple other guys, Boozer, you know, maybe I don't know how we'll see how good, you know, these guys continue to climb. But that's, you know, that's always an issue too. It's like, okay, well, let's tank, let's rebuild. Okay, well, for who? You right. know what I mean? So right now there's a couple names. You got Cooper, and uh, I'm sure there's a couple overseas guys that'll pop up or a guy in college that'll come out of nowhere, like always. But yeah, you know, that's that's also the thing. But you gotta start somewhere. So like you said, it doesn't. Sometimes it takes two, three years to do. So we'll see. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. You mentioned Halliburton earlier. I, I'm oh, going to be honest way, with you, man. Can, can I cut you off? Can I, can yeah, I ahead, cut you off ahead. one second? Absolutely. By the way, uh, uh, my little brother did do a fantastic job with Tyrese Maxey. My little brother worked out with him the entire... Spencer Rivers, my, my, my younger brother, he worked out with Tyrese Maxey this entire past summer. The entire summer. Uh, and the summers before. I think this summer he was more Detroit located just because that's where he signed with. But before that, he was with Tyrese Maxey all a lot of the summer and the years before. Um, and I think he, they're, they're giving like credits, like some of these other well, trainers for, for who people that, for people Maxine, that don't, just, for people that don't know when you're a, when you're, um, player development for an NBA team, you get assigned a player, you get, you get assigned, assigned players. players. And right. my, and my, my younger brother was assigned 
uh, Tyrese Maxey, and he's done an excellent job. His workouts are actually really, really good. I've, I've sat and watched him work out Tyrese and James Harden uh, multiple times, and he has great workouts that he would run with Sam Cassell, another guy who's done a good job, uh, which is why Boston brought him on. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously like all it takes is one trainer to work out with one of these guys and film it and post it on their social and be like, I worked out Tyrese Maxey and now people are like, oh, that guy is the reason why his game has gotten better. It's false. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not the case. So, uh, I just want to give credit where credit's due, you know, and that's not even me being biased because he's my younger brother. He's literally probably worked out Tyrese Maxey probably 300 to 400 times over the past 200, I mean, two years. I'm not even kidding. Probably 350, like 400 times they've been in the lab together. So that if that guy doesn't get the credit, then I don't I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, so I'm proud of you, Spencer. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're excited. Going. We're excited to see what you do with some of those Pistons players because they got some young talent there too. They do, they do. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does there in Detroit with Cade and and um, what are they doing over there? Why, why isn't Ivy and those guys starting? No the one really knows that? what's going on with Ivy. Yeah. Well, they're, they starting, a, they're starting. They're starting. They're like starting. Uh, the Killian Hayes. They like yeah, Sasser. I know, but that's, Sasser can hoop though. Yeah, he can shoot. He's I don't mind Sasser. I don't mind Sasser. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of rookies who have kind of flown, you know, through the cracks who are hooping here. Let's talk about the Hawkins from from Pelicans. That guy's well, cooking. Well, so the Ringer actually just came out with the rookie rankings, and it's Wemby and Chet, and then it's a Sore Thompson, who's crazy statistically, Derek Lively, and Casey Wallace. Casey Wallace has like this little Drew Holiday about him, where he's like a dog on defense and has just enough offense so far. He's only nineteen or twenty, but I really like Casey Wallace too. Obviously, OKC they have a knack for scouting and talent and everything like that. But Jordan yeah, Jordan Hawkins, Hawkins is, eight. is eight. He should be higher. He just he's should hooping. be higher. Yeah. 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 Like twenty-seven last game. He's like well, off the bench. <laughs> people say he's like a generational shooter. Like workouts are insane. So. Well, I mean, his jumper is, I mean, I, just from watching him, that shit is, he, it's beautiful. He's got a crisp jump shot, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Tyrese Halliburton before this episode ends because I, I have to say something. I think he's my favorite player in the NBA right now to watch. And I think if you did a redraft right now of the entire NBA, I think he goes higher than you think. And the reason I say that is because the same way, you know, quarterbacks get drafted high in the NFL. If you get him, you know your team's going to have a certain play, a certain type of basketball, a certain brand of basketball. If he's he's at the helm, he, so I just think he's really, really important, and he's he's making that Pacers team go. I'm not comparing him to Lonzo Ball because they do different things, but he has a lot of that in him to where like healthy Lonzo Ball, like you know, if you put him on your team, your team's going to play a certain style, and they're going to be pretty solid. And like he plays fast pace. First off. Let's talk about another guy I had before the season who I said would be a great addition to that team. Obi Toppin. He yeah. fits like a glove with them. He fits like a glove with the Pacers. And I knew he would because he's a gazelle. He's fast as hell. Tyrese likes to play at a fast, speed, a fa a fast pace. And the lob threat and his passing ability, there's not a lot of guys that can like go up there and jump with Obi. Obi had a play last week where they were running on the break. Tyrese throws the ball ahead to him. He goes by Joel Embiid and reverse punches over him. Just some yeah. nutty shit, bro. Like a freak play, man. He doesn't even look at the rim. He throws it behind his head and then just keeps running back on defense. Like he, Obi Toppin was never, ever able to prosper or like really show his ability in NYC because Julius Randle ate up all of his minutes right. and he couldn't, he couldn't get any type of flow behind Julius. So like his growth was stunted there. And he needed to get out of there to go somewhere where he could like actually play and have a chance to show his his talent. And he's doing that. Indiana's been great for him. Uh, they have the, the Pacers have the number one offensive rating in the league, and obviously that's due to your guy. You know the player that you you know you most likely you know are going to watch on an NBA league pass night. <laughs> and that's Tyrese Halliburton, man. No, he is really good, man. And if the, if they did redraft, you're right, you're right. They he probably would go. If you let's just stick to point guards. If we're talking point guards. He is a guy that people probably have as top three in the whole NBA. Yeah, I mean, you just can't ignore what he's doing. Like, like I said, if you have him on your I team, put your Steph team is, is running. Default. Yeah, Steph is one is default, right? Um, and then after that, Luca. Okay, it probably is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I mean, there's guys fighting him, Dame Dollar. Uh, you know, in year twelve, still unbelievable. Uh, I know he's struggling right now, but. He didn't struggle. He didn't struggle last night. He looked no, he didn't. I actually made. Night. I made a comment. I made a comment on ESPN about it because like uh, people were talking all this negativity about Damian Lillard. Well, he ain't look good so far, and people in the comments are saying all this stuff about him. I'm like, yo, bro, my man is a seven time All NBA player, seven time 
all NBA player. We're not talking about all stars. We're talking about all NBA. All right. We're talking about the most clutch player in the NBA in the fourth quarter, uh, and especially in the last two minutes. That guy is one of the best point guards in the NBA. Just because he's off to a slow start in a situation that's brand new to him, and he has never played second fiddle ever in his entire career, probably except his rookie year when he played with LaMarcus Aldridge. That yeah. might have been the only time he was second fiddle. Right. Uh, and that guy, LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously was a bucket. It was nasty. But it was never anybody like the likes of Giannis, a two-time MVP, one of the best players in the NBA. It's a whole right. different adjustment for him, man. You know what I mean? So it's just like, well, you got to give probably him some played, time. That's probably, probably what played so well last night. Giannis was out, and he just knew. You know, sometimes it's easier. Yeah. You yeah, know the exactly. team needs Giannis, Giannis didn't play last night, and and last night he goes crazy. So um, that's that's uh, Milwaukee. Just if we're going to speak about them, they got to figure that out because it hasn't looked great so far. I do believe it will. I'm I'm in complete confidence that Giannis and, and Drew. I mean, uh, Giannis and Dame, and they have vets there. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. List goes on. I do believe that team will figure it out. They need perimeter defense. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. They, they, they don't, they don't have, like, they don't like need it. They, they, they have to have it. It's not even that they need it. They have to have it. They have to get it. They do not have anyone who's a perimeter defender on their team. Not one. I'm not even kidding. They don't have one guy on their team that you can look at and be like, that's a perimeter elite defender. So they traded out Drew and got a better offensive player. Damian Lillard, that's not his job. He has too much already onus on his offensive end to be focused on going out there guarding the best defender or I mean, uh, best offensive player. They need to bring in a elite defender on their team. And I think that would really, really help them. They're 24th right now in defensive rating. They, they, they need perimeter defense, man. It's a guard-oriented league. Uh, they're fine down low. They're still long and athletic. They got Bobby Portis. You got, um, you know, you, you, you got, what, they got Bobby Portis. You got Brooke Lopez. You got Giannis. Jay, Jay Crowder's out, for obviously, from the perimeter. Yeah, but he's, he's not a perimeter time. defender, man. He don't guard guards, bro. He guards like wings and shit. He's like a type of guy that's going to guard LeBron James. You don't put Jay Crowder on fucking D-Lo or you don't put him on like quick guards like a uh, Ja Morant or a Luka Doncic. I know Luka's not quick, but he's an elite point guard. Or a Kyrie Irving. That's not who Jay Crowder's guarding. They, they, need a, they need a perimeter defender. They need a guard. They need a guard and go in there and lock up. Do you know anyone? That's what they need. I do. He's, he's staring right in front of me. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. I think that I'd fit, in, I'd fit in like a I fit in like a fucking glove over there. You really like this new fit in like a glove thing? Are you really working with that? Second time you said that, I like it tonight. Gary today, hey, yeah, like this big fit, fit in like a I glove. Ace Ventura like a glove. Um, okay, so I think if the season ended right now, I think the backcourt for the Eastern Conference would be a Tyrese backcourt of Halliburton and Maxi. Yeah, so that's just uh, talk the, about the, it. Talk about a new age if that's your starting backcourt for the All Star game. Like it's it's a new era. It is a new era. We're we're in there. We're in there now. You're seeing it right now. I mean, we talked about this. Uh, I talked about this a little bit last night on ESPN when I was just like, you know, they were talking about the Warriors uh, Timberwolf situation. And I was like, you know, Draymond tried that shit the other night with uh, Anthony Edwards. What you going to do? What you going to do? And Ant looked back at him and said one thing to him. He said, ain't nobody worried about you, Draymond. And he dominated the fourth quarter, the rest of the quarter. Again, that he actually was kind of struggling in. Um, he dominated. And it's not nothing to do with Draymond. It's just like, bro, those guys are a little bit older now. We're we're all older. And like this new generation, like, bro, it's their time. Like they're 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 ready. These guys don't, they're not intimidated no more. You know what I mean? Ants are going in his like fourth, fifth year. Like it's this it's his time now. You know, uh Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey. These 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 guys, it, it's their time. You know what I mean? You're seeing it across the board. We are in a new era, Pasha. There's no doubt about it. All right. This actually goes along with the theme of what I wanted to ask you before I let you go. I know you got to get back to ESPN. Your dad was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and he said something that I actually have heard from a lot of overseas guys. And he talked about how the future of American basketball, like grassroots, the way it's getting taught through AAU and less practices and more just games, is that he was your dad was saying that the future of USA basketball is in trouble because first of all, he named, you know, the last few MVPs and just the brand of basketball that guys overseas are playing. They're playing team basketball. They have practices with their team versus these young guys that have individual trainers and less practices. So they're getting individual play, but the brand of basketball might not be the same. And he really thinks there's going to be 
some trouble in the future. Obviously, our FIBA team didn't medal, but that wasn't our A team. But do you agree with that at all? Uh, there's definitely a lot of truth in there. You know, listen, the landscape of AAU has changed and these NIL deals haven't helped. I'm happy that kids are getting paid because a lot of these kids, the most money that some of these guys will make is in college. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that these kids are getting their paper um, and in high school too, you know, but it's, it does like, bro, it's just, there is a cause and effect to everything in life, man. And if you're not saying there's a, there's an effect to that, just from a standpoint of like kids moving a certain way and kids transferring and going to here and going to this league or that league or, you know, this, this, and that, like, bro, there is a brand of basketball that's being played that isn't, I, I don't know what it is. It's just different. It's different than what we played growing up. And I don't want to sound like mad old talking about this type of stuff. I'm 30, so I'm 31. I'm not out of touch. So trust me, I'm on both sides. I have a grassroots team myself. So I'm very familiar with today's game and I'm not too far removed from when I played. Uh, and you're right in that, you're right in that middle part. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right in the middle area. So I'm not one of those guys hating. It, it just, it is what it is. It is completely different. Um, NIL, uh, the leagues, the, the, there's a million leagues now where these high school kids are leaving. Uh, the prep school, public school landscape, public schools are garbage for the most point now. Everyone goes prep. Uh, I just saw Mount Vert beat a team by 98 or 96. It's disgusting, bro. Uh, I, I, I beat Mount Vert by 24 points when I played. And I was a public school who didn't recruit. It was just me and my friends from my hometown. It's just yeah. different. Um, so, you know, it, it's the way the game is being played. Every kid has trainers now. Every kid has a trainer. That's the only way you can get better now is going to a basketball trainer. That's false. I never had a basketball. You know, you know what's crazy? People always assume because of who my father is that I grew up with a basketball trainer. And I talked about this, I think, on one of our first pods that we ever had. My first basketball trainer that I ever worked with was when I was a rookie or two in the league and I started working out with workout guys. My whole entire life, bro, was me going to a gym or an outside park and I'd lay cones down and I'd work on my game, work on my craft. And then you'd get better playing pickup. You'd get better going to team practices and learning how to play team basketball. Like just normal shit, man. And now every kid wants a bag so they go hire a trainer and I'm not against it, but there should be a healthy diet of both, right? Of your own workouts, trainer workouts, team workouts, playing team basketball, teaching kids how to play basketball without the ball. It's a lost art in the NBA. Play the game without the ball. It's a lost art in the NBA. How do you affect the game with you not being the ball dominant guy? Because what happens is all these kids work with trainers to get their bag right and they go to college and there's already a guy whose bag is deeper than theirs and they got to figure out how to fucking play off the ball and they don't know what the fuck they're doing because they've never done it before and they don't have the skills. Also, not every not every player on every team gets to go into their bag like we talked about before. That's, Two guys on a I'm team saying. get to do it. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. No they're going to go to a do team. Yeah. They're going to go to a team and they already got a guy to do that who's better than you at it. Right. What the fuck are you going to do? Oh, no, no. We wanted you because you're athletic. We need you to shoot and do this and back cut and this and know how to... Oh, I, oh okay. I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm a transfer. Then you go to another team. I'm a transfer. And these guys transfer to six fucking different schools. But this is like the new landscape of like the transferring portal. And these kids are getting paid by this college. So they're feeling themselves. And they go here. And this high school player has already got a couple hundred thousand. So he don't listen to nobody. And he's got personal trainers. And like, bro, the whole landscape of everything has changed. I'm not saying I'm against it all. I, I'm happy for all these kids making money. I'm happy for these kids getting the opportunity to transfer and not have to sit out years. I'm happy for, you know, leagues being available to kids. So kids have multiple... Uh, ways to be seen by by scouts, et cetera, et cetera. I'm happy for all of that. The game is evolving and I don't want to be left behind. So you get on the bus and you go with it. All I'm saying is there has to be a healthy diet of like some normacy to kids training. Like, bro, go to a gym by yourself. Work on your own stuff. Work on stuff that you know you need to work on. Not something that, don't be robotic and do a drill every fucking time a trainer tells you to do something. Go work on your own shit. Go, go, go play, go, go, go play pickup. Go practice. Uh, take practice seriously. You know, w work on playing without the ball. It's the biggest glaring thing you watch when you watch Team USA play this past summer in FIBA versus the other teams. That ball's fucking popping. Guys are moving out the ball, back cutting, screening for one another, you know, uh, playing off one another's strengths. We're just like throwing it to one another, getting his bag, getting his bag. We can't win that way. Right. The biggest adjustment that when we look at the Redeem team and the Dream team is guys took back seats. Kobe Bryant came out and was like, yo, I'm going to be a defender. I'll let these guys score. I'm going to do this, this, and that. Like, 
he knew how to play basketball from his time growing up, probably overseas training. And just because in America, it was a different era then. Like guys had to learn this type of stuff. And it it is a lost art in, in today's day. And it is kind of a concern. Uh, I just hope that we can do both. I'm all for the, the, the evolution and what's going on today in grassroots and beyond. I'm all for it. But there has to be a steady diet. Well, I do feel like the the whole time of the the stack teams, the the, the super teams, I think that might be done anyways because the last time we saw a team like that win was Kevin Durant's Warriors team. Since then, you've had yeah. Kawhi's Raptors, uh, LeBron's Lakers was him and AD, right? It's a two-man show. Um, you had the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis. You know, Golden State, when they won that last time, that's not a super team. You know what I mean? That was mostly Steph and a bunch of guys playing their role. And then you have last year with the Nuggets. These aren't super teams anymore with the big threes and big fours. So it is team basketball. The Nuggets play the best version of it, I think, right now. And that's just guys, like you said, moving around the ball and Jokic finding them. You need a guy like, you need your stars and you need everyone else to make those guys kind of go. So hopefully, uh, you know, we still, the USA still is winning those gold medals in the Olympics going forward and we don't see some kind of a dip. No, I mean, we already have commitments from some of the best players to ever play, saying that they're going to play. So we'll be fine. All right. Well, I uh, got to get you going back to you. Yeah, I mean, you have to go to ESPN here now, and then you're flying back yes. to Orlando. We can do these pods again in person. I know. Aren't you excited about that? I'll be home for the next uh, like two, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's just different doing it virtually. I'm trying to get D Wade on this pod, man. I reached out to him. He was too busy this week because he was about to leave town. So he had a whole bunch of stuff to do, but he said he's open to doing it. So that'd be dope if we get him on. Uh, we have not had a guest on yet because we have not, in, in true honesty, we have not reached out to anybody. I just haven't. I like our flow with me and you. But, yeah. you know, I, I think we should start bringing some people on here. I have a lot of friends, obviously, in the league who would jump on the pod for us. Um, so in the coming weeks, we are going to start to bring a lot of guests on. We'll do like a healthy diet. Maybe since we're doing two episodes a week, maybe one episode we'll have a guy. The other episode, our episode will just be me and you kind of uh, just talking on here. So uh, we'll have a guest rather than a guy. Um, so. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll build it out. I had a pet peeve. If we have a minute, I was going to say what it was. You and me, yeah, you and me, about a week ago, we're at a bar together, a restaurant. It was a nice area um, in Winter Park Village, and you and me are sitting there. And there's a guy to my right. You're on my left, and the guy was just like fanboying you, but through me. Do you not remember that? And the guy was talking to you yeah. about cars and I'm sitting right there. I'd go my, I'd put my head forward. Watches, you guys were talking yeah, behind me. And, and then I would put my head back. You guys were talking in front of me. Um, and the guy kept saying something that was so annoying. He kept saying, man, I don't even know who you were. Man, I didn't even know who you were. I don't even follow that. I didn't record like, all right, then, then, leave, then leave us alone. What, do you, what is that? It, what do, a, people approach you as a fan, but they're like, I don't even know. I don't even watch basketball. It's like, all right, then, then what, are, what are we doing I, right now? I, I, don't, I don't ever know what that is either. People do that all the time. And you know what's crazy? I had that done last night to me. I was somewhere and someone was like, yo, I don't know who you are, but those people over there talking about you. Who are you? You famous? I'm like, what, man? I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> like, yeah. How do you want me to answer that? Yeah, I am famous. Like, bro, I sound like a dickhead, bro. You, you've now asked a dickhead question to where I can only give a dickhead answer. And it's like, am I famous? I, I guess there are people who know me who follow sports and basketball. Those people know me. Am I like a guy on People magazine, like walking around with a coffee because I'm that famous? Like, there's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you're, what you're I, somewhere, level, but you're, you're somewhere in between. Like, a, you're somewhere, you're somewhere in between, like, obviously Taylor, Taylor Swift famous and like a person that was a contestant on The Bachelor famous. You're somewhere. Right, in I'm like a B. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm a B level. I think I'm a B C level celebrity. I'm not an A-lister. Let's just get that out the way, okay? I'm, I'm not Drake or, or, or The Weeknd walking around here, okay? So that that's out the way. I'm not Do you Selena think you're, Gomez. Is with, your dad is your dad an A-lister? No. Really? I thought like he's French. But, he, but he's more he's more famous than I am. That I mean, because uh, he has the older generation with him. Like I, I I only have the younger generation and some of the older ones. My dad has all the older ones and some of the younger ones because he was he's still involved in the NBA and on TV a lot. So he has both. He's just more famous yeah. than me. I mean, I he, and he's got the cool ever, nickname too. I think the, the cool nickname Doc really helps too. No, no, no. The name Doc Rivers is like the most. Bro, I was at the doctor's office the other day getting a checkup on stuff, and the guy goes Rivers, Rivers, <laughs> kind of like the coach. I was like, yeah. He's like, so what we got going on? And I didn't even tell him. I was just like, he's like, so what we got going on? I was like, uh, well, so uh, you know what I mean? Like that. That was like a. He's like Rivers, Rivers. I thought he's gonna be like, oh, you're Austin. I was like, yeah, man. He was like, like the coach. I was like. 
Didn't know. Who yeah, I we we uh, talked about this. Your <laughs> one of your son's names. Or actually, you're both your kids. Caden Rivers, Rain Rivers, Rain Rivers. It just sounds famous. Like like he's gonna be something. You know what I mean? He has and no choice. It doesn't really. It doesn't work. We're putting for it in the me air. In my name, it doesn't. I don't, there's no flow. Pasha, Pasha Hagigi. Yeah, what would you name? What should if I ever have a kid? What would his name be to rhyme with to go with Hagigi? It doesn't have to rhyme, but it has to be some kind of a flow. I like Hayden. Hayden Hagigi's fire. No, I'm just not really feeling it. Hayden Hagigi sounds like some like fucking model out here. Some like some like famous actor. Hayden Hagigi's. Uh, all right, I think that's a good place. To start. <laughs> well, listen, we've established I'm a B lister, uh, possibly even a C lister. Um, yeah. I probably would put my dad A B. He's like A. My dad's A to the B. I'm more B to the C. All right, I'm yeah. cool with that though. I don't think I'd ever want to be A. Well, that if you wanted, like, if you wanted even... to be A, you wouldn't be living in Winter Park, Florida. I feel like you'd be out. You'd be no, in no, LA where you are right listen, now. That, 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 by by the way, it is accomplishable. Like if I wanted to be more popular, I could easily move out to LA and like social network and like be on social media all the time and post and post and post and have a TikTok and do this and do that and do that and like put myself out there to like like people have no idea the stuff I have going on that I don't show. You know what I mean? Like the, I've been fortunate and privileged. I'll put, I'll put the word out there because that's definitely out there. I've been privileged enough to have the lifestyle that I've grown up in. Like if I like documented all the stuff I do on the daily, people like this guy's. Like my dad told a story last night on ESPN of Dennis Rodman uh, uh, babysitting me when I was a kid. You know, I, that like people have no idea. Like if I did like a meme or a video of that and I posted a picture of when like we were together on the couch eating pizza, like that type of stuff like would go everywhere. I just don't do that because I, I don't well, want so, it. So, wait, like, I'm, so I'm, what you're I'm saying is what you're saying is if you were doing all that, you'd have more followers and then we'd have more listeners on the pod. I think you should do yes. it. I really, I don't know. No, no, I'm, no. I don't have a dog yeah. in this race. By the way, I say like, yeah, I could do it. I could do it, which I could, but I'm not dismissing that it is a lot of work to do that stuff. Like people who are like influencers and like people who are like, that guy's not, that girl doesn't do anything. She's just an influencer. Like that's always said. People really don't understand how much goes into being like an influencer or a YouTuber, bro. Like you're constantly in front of a camera cutting and editing and doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff. It is exhausting. So like I already have so much going on, like adding that to it. I don't know how healthy it would be for me personally and my mental. And I don't know how it'd be for my kids and my family. Like that other level that like I, that you're saying like that other level, like where some people at like that, bro, you can't go nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I had, there's like a beauty in simplicity. There's a beauty in normacy. I enjoy like going places and some people don't, a lot of people I go to somewhere don't know who I am or if they do know who I am. They don't care. That actually makes me feel good and normal. And I'm able to like float about my day like anybody else and like be with my kid and enjoy it. It's like a lot when I'm like walking with my kid and I'm holding him. You want to know a pet peeve? If I'm holding my damn child, don't ask me for a picture. I, you will get a no. I that will say insane. no. Yeah, if I'm crazy. holding my son and someone's like, yo, can I take a picture? I'll be like, dog, what? I got my two-year-old in my hands, bro. No. You want me to put him down and focus on you and he can run off somewhere? Or like, what the fuck do you think I'm doing here? Yeah, That's a pet peeve of mine. I don't like that. Well, I will say the guy that was, I found a little bit annoying at the restaurant that one time that we were talking about, he did buy you a gigantic shot in which he tried to pawn it off on me. <laughs> I didn't want it. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't drink. People don't. People who don't know, I don't like drinking like that. I'm not a big drinker. And if it me is, neither. I'll have a, you were, you passed I know, him. I, a, it was a full-on aquarium have, that you passed to me. I have a glass of wine. I love a glass of wine. But I, in terms of like the hard stuff, like tequila and this alcohol, like bro, I, I just can't hang with people. I just don't. I, the alcohol stuff, like the way that no, I don't like the way I feel the next day. I got too much going on. I have to get up too early. And I, I, I don't I don't function well off that. Maybe if it's your birthday or something like that, I'll turn up with you. But other than that, I'm not drinking. So for everyone that's listening, Austin would rather you buy him a bottle of wine if you see him at a restaurant want to do a nice gesture. Yeah, yeah. No. Or, or buy me a glass. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to buy me a drink, buy me a glass. You buy me a mean? glass. Like, uh, do you forget what Drake said? That bottle by the, can't wine by the glass. We're not doing that anymore. No, but if you're buying it for somebody else, you buy him a glass. You can buy him a glass of wine. You don't, you're not going to buy someone a whole bottle of wine. Sounding real, sounding real like a cheapskate. Shit, I am a cheapskate. Oh, by the way, shout out, by, by the way, uh, the new cover art is out and it is fire. Shout out to the digital designers who helped us put this together. Uh, the producers, Ben and Erica, put this together. Uh, so it's not going to be a couple floating basketballs. I, and, like the, uh, I like the floating basketballs. It looked like it was a gravity machine. And if you turned it off, all the balls would just fall. But uh, I understand that I'm on, it's a sketch of me as the cover art. What is it? It's a little doodle of me. Yeah, Dave, Dave, David, David Shoemaker and, and Jonathan uh, Bartlett, you know, pretty much collabed on this and, and, and made something possible. So along with our producer's vision and our vision. So we got we got a cool little cover art coming up soon and got a lot of is, things cooking. Is my face on the cover art? It is not. 
Like you said, you want me to go from you want me to go from you know C to B, B to A. We, we got to put my face on there. <laughs> See, I'm the role player now. I'm the one taking but, the back hey, seat. Hey, I'm the one setting listen, the screens. Listen, we are we are getting you verified. They are going to get you verified. Oh, it's on, been a year. I don't know, at this point, what do I mean? What do I need it for? Everyone that's listening knows that I got it verified. It's a whole thing. If Instagram wanted to acknowledge me as, why would I even be verified? I shouldn't be verified. What am I? What are, what are we doing here? Well, why wouldn't you be? You're a, you're a, you're a media personality. Why wouldn't you be verified? Then anybody with the name Pasha Gigi could pop up, and they don't know if it's you or somebody else. But should my handle be the real Pasha, just in case, like not the fake, weed out all the fake ones? That actually, I like your name. It's clean. I like I like your Instagram handle. You got a clean name. You have your own name. Yeah, just keep it. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate the new feed. Uh, we're on our own new feed now for all the new listeners um, or even old listeners. We have our own feed now and make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>